As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I am running. I'm, just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. Okay. I want you to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the You like apples? All right, welcome into another edition of the Just Press Play Pod. We are getting set. I'm, I'm here with LJ and Pops, as always. And guys, finals are getting ready. Stanley Cup finals, NBA finals, they're both set. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I thought yep. you were talking it's, about it's, class it's, finals, and I just had like a, a nightmare. <laughs> a no, I nightmare. still, it's funny. It's funny, and you might, you might have this too. Like, I've now been graduated for a little while. I haven't taken tests or anything, but I, there will be mornings where I'll wake up, you, that, you mentioned that, where I just yeah. know I'm forgetting something. Like, I oh. either... Yeah. Didn't get a paper submitted or something. And it takes like a good five minutes for me to realize, okay, I'm not in school. There's no, no way yeah, I missed I, a paper. I have a very specific dream that comes out at around this time or around late winter. Every, every, every single time we hit one of those. And specifically, it's that there's a class that I've got a final for tomorrow that I haven't been to a single day of because I forgot about it as soon as I signed up for it. <laughs> and, uh, and so I've got it. And so I, like you said, I spend five minutes thinking, how am I going to deal with this? Do I email the teacher? Do I just show up and try to take the test before it finally hits me? Like, oh, right, right. I'm not in college. Okay. Yeah. Then you realize, <laughs> I, I swear. And I think this, I don't know when it, when you finally get to the age that quit happening, it quits happening, but there'll be a dream or something. And I'll just know that I have a I, paper I missed. I was about to say, Dad, I can you, tell you. Yeah. You the age is, is, the age is higher than 54. I can tell you that because, <laughs> because I'm 54 and I still, but I have one little twist on it. I have dreams and I still have them probably. Not as often, but a couple, three times a year where I show up and I'm taking a test and I'm wearing my tidy whities For whatever reason, I forgot to get dressed. I still have that dream that I'm sitting in class (laughs) taking a final in my tidy whities I mean, not boxer briefs, not boxers. Tidy whities That's what I'm doing. That's funny. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Still have that. (laughs) Well, Someone else's, uh, someone's dreams actually became a reality over the weekend where our man, our man Drake was dreaming about the Raptors maybe making the finals one day and they have finally Mm -hmm. made the first finals in team history. Wow. So that actually, I was, yeah, what's up? Some required listening. This is unrelated to the game really, but uh, 99% Invisible is a podcast about like the subtle design choices in uh, the world around us. And they did an entire episode over the 90s Raptor jerseys. And it is a phenomenal. Big ass dinosaur on the chest. Oh, yeah. The purple dinosaur, the old Barney running around. And yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole episode. 99% (laughs) invisible about the Toronto Raptors. I'll try to make sure we get uh, a link on the show notes. But that's required listening for this week in honor of the first. Okay. It's 
You'll see this. Uh, I know everyone's talking about Drake, and Drake will. We'll get into a little bit. I think about how Drake's going to be all over the place for these finals. But the the biggest Raptors fan is not Mister Mister Aubrey Graham, but it's it's Nav Batia. I think it's a guy you'll see him at some point in the games. He's he wears a turban. He's a and he's a he's been living in connect in Canada for a while, and he Canada. made his fortune off cars. Uh, <laughs> cars sales. thinking about it <laughs> and. And he has gone 23 straight years, and he has wow. never missed or been late to a Raptors wow. home game in 23 That's seasons. Wild. Wow. Oh, he even matches the him. turban with the with the uniform. This dude's rocking it. Yeah, you'll see him. You'll see him at some point in the game when you know that. No, that's Nov, and he's a really cool dude. And he talks about how the Raptors have unified Canada and how all the different like the, all the different. It was kind of neat what I heard him talk about how. The, the Raptors do the Jurassic Park, where all the people go outside the stadium and they can all watch the game together. And he talks about how that kind of unified and, and showed diversity because all these people got together, all these younger uh, Canadians got together and realized, oh, I like this white Canadian, this black Canadian, this Indian can- Canadian, they all have a common interest. We're all just people and we like the Raptors. And now it like gr- brought a whole group together. Hmm. And that was kind of in the past five or six years since Jurassic Park got built. And he talks about how it's really been uh, brought a lot of diversity and inclusion to the area. It's really cool, but very cool. He goes to every, I just can't believe the dude's been to 23 straight seasons uh, of Raptors yeah. games and never like, missed. He goes to that every is 41 home game? games a year, every home game. He says he's wow. never been late. And he never says it has, it, he says it has forced him to miss a few, a uh, few special events in life. He's like, well, when his, when his anniversary happens to fall on a uh, oh, Raptors home on. game. He he says he's like, well, it's my anniversary too. And he says nowadays, I was listening, to, I was reading an article about him, and he says nowadays that people actually know. Oh, there's a Raptors home game that day, so Nav won't be there. He, he will not be, be making yeah. whatever event this is. <laughs> so you got to think, my man has got to be happy. The Raptors did. They made, as yeah. you said earlier, made the finals for the first time in team history. And actually, Dad, a little interesting. I might throw some trivia at you. I'd be shocked if you get all of these. But the Raptors advancing leaves only six of thirty teams. Have never made an NBA Finals. Can you oh. name? Can you name the thirty teams? Hmm. How many? Not, the six name. teams. The, the six, six teams. teams. So, is it like franchises? Like so? Yes. Uh, it's franchises that are all still okay. franchises to this day. Okay. Um, Sacramento comes to to mind. Actually, Sacramento is in the longest drought. They have not made the finals in sixty nine seasons. But they but have they, made it. Wow. They made it in nineteen fifty one. I don't know who was wow. there, but they made it in nineteen fifty one. Wow. All right. Uh, LA Clippers. Clippers is the they have not been in forty nine. They haven't been at all in their forty nine year history. The longest Mil- team. Okay. Milwaukee Bucks. No, they. I think they made it with Kareem at some point. Kareem. Oh wow, yeah, you're Oscar. going way back. Uh, well, the Pelicans. <laughs> I guess you'd say the Pelicans, of course. Pelicans the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets. Hornets. Yeah. Um, Vancouver, but they they're not even. Is Vancouver? Are they still around? But it's the it's Ma- Memphis now. But yeah, yeah. The Grizzlies. Okay, so Memphis. Um, okay. When I'm missing one, right? You got one two more. more. You got two more. Uh, oh boy, I'm starting to. I, I, you're going to have to help me. Give me a little the hint Bulls? or something. No, <laughs> no. Jeez. Uh, you lived the in Lakers? one of these. The, you lived in one of these towns before. The Nuggets, Denver Nuggets. Yeah, the Denver Nuggets okay. in forty right. forty three, and then the last one is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know a good hint, so I'll just tell you. All right. It was the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have not okay. yet made the finals. Yeah, that should have got okay. that one probably. Yeah, they didn't so make it out once of those with KG teams, back in the day. Nope, they got close. They got close, but never yeah. made it. And that's when never made it. KG ended up leaving. But so interesting that 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 the the Raptors now can take their name off that list, which I'm sure they're happy about. 
But I wanted to ask you, Dad, how how good, I mean, how much are we going to remember this Kawhi Leonard run? I mean, he's been putting on a tear. I have some stats for you, but I just want to throw that to you first. Well, you know, the thing that has stuck out most to me with Kawhi Leonard is his three-point shooting. He has really developed a, a good three-point shot, and it's not the most beautiful thing I've ever seen by any stretch, but it's not Magic Johnson ugly, sorry. You know, Magic Johnson's great, but I mean, he had an ugly shot. Um, but I mean, obviously, once he's hitting that three, by the way, at 38.3% for his career, 37.1 or 5% uh, this season, which by the way, I, I just looked, I thought 37.5% from three was good. That puts him <laughs> at 65th in the NBA. That's only good for 65th wow. best wow. three-point shooting percentage. But uh, but I, and I didn't get to watch the last two games, Kevin. I was kind of going to rely on you some, but apparently they switched him over to defend Antetokounmpo, yeah. and it made a well of a difference. So I, tell me what happened. I mean, did he just shut him down? I mean, he's not well, as tall as Antetokounmpo, right? No, and he is one of the premier defenders in the NBA. Like there's, we talked about, I think a couple of weeks ago, back when the Spurs beat the Heat in the finals, and Kawhi Leonard wasn't the scorer that he is today but really gave LeBron fits. And he's always mm-hmm. been a great perimeter defender. And uh, part of what they did, I thought that was so so smart, is a lot of teams, you know, Giannis doesn't really have a jump shot. and doesn't really have right. a three. So teams would back mm-hmm. way off and pretty much be in the paint. Mm-hmm. And I get why you would think that, but a lot, that was giving Giannis time to get ahead of steam as he drove because no one's, no one's stopping him from getting into, at least to the free throw line. And at that point, now you got this guy that once if he gets to the free throw line, he's a step away from dunking on you. I mean, he's just got such long right. legs. Yeah. And so what the Raptors did was Kawhi picked him up, you know, all the way, like not at half court, but from three point line on, it was guarding the whole way. So he didn't have that clear vision, that clear, clear path. Line. And then mm-hmm. and then they just would wall off everything. And it kind of happened to where a lot of those guys around Giannis were good. I mean, Middleton, Brogdon, Ilyasova, Brooke Lopez, like they're not bad, but they're just not Stars and the Raptors like decided if they'll beat us hitting threes, they'll beat us, but we're not going to lose to Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it worked. And, and they didn't. I, yeah. Can I it can mean, I read I, something? Yeah, go ahead. So I found this on the Milwaukee Bucks subreddit the other day or yesterday. It got posted by a guy named Pac Man Wissy, and uh, it, the post is called "Giannis Got Exposed Last Night." And here's here's the body of the text. Yesterday, we saw the formula for stopping Giannis. All you need is one of the best perimeter defenses of all time, a former Defensive Player of the Year at center two-time leader in blocks at power forward, and another good defensive power forward to double-team and triple-team him for 48 minutes. That way, Giannis will be limited to only 22, 13, and 5 for an entire series. So all you need is four all-time great defenders, and Giannis is forced to average something around um, elite center averages. Damn, they really got us. I don't know why other teams didn't use their three former Defensive Player of the Year candidates to triple-team Giannis. Look for other teams in the future to do that and totally stop the Greek freak. Well, and that's I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that that is what I think does get lost. Well, one, this does mean the the Bucks and Giannis need to go back to the drawing board because it, this, if nothing else, showed him this shows him if he goes and gets a, a three point shot and really gets a good jump shot, he's going to be unstoppable. Like something we're probably like we've never seen before. But people kind of I think are not are losing sight of the Raptors, like LJ mentioned in that in that Reddit post, they're one of the best defenses in the NBA. I think they allowed a hundred points in one postseason game, all this postseason. And with the way scoring is that with the way scoring is nowadays in the NBA, keeping someone under hundred is pretty impressive. And mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Kawhi Leonard is maybe the best perimeter defender. Danny Green at one point was one of the premier perimeter defenders. Mark Gasol has been a defensive player of the year multiple years. Serge Ibaka is a good defender. Pascal Siakam's a really good long I mean, There's just a ton of good defenders on that team. And yeah, they 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 did shut Giannis down to 22 <laughs> and 13 and 5. So he, he needs a lot. He needs to get better and he needs to improve, but he's still 24 years old and there's still a long way to go. Well, yeah. look at look at what's the difference between him and Kawhi a little bit. Kawhi has developed that outside shot, which what does that I mean it that opens up the space. So now, you don't get out on me on the on the three-point shot and and I'll knock it down or get out on me and I'm fixing to drive around you and dunk on your ass. I mean, it's it, it's he's unstoppable. Well, yeah. and that's what and you mentioned it kind of off the top, but and that's where if you're a Bucks fan, you have some hope if, if the guy gets in the gym. But I think this is where Kawhi deserves some credit. The the way his game has changed from when he got into the NBA to now is I mean it's in, it's amazing. He got in the NBA was just basically a defender, and people thought that's always going to be is just a defender. And he went from I was just looking at his playoffs per game averages over since he got into the NBA. The first year it went from eight, the next year thirteen, the next year fourteen, the next year twenty, twenty two. 27 and then 31 this year. This year he averaged so far in the postseason, averaging 31, 8.8 rebounds and 3.8 assists on 50% shooting. So it's just incredible that the way his game's changed. And that, I think that gives some credit to some of these guys. It's just there's guys that are good and then there's guys that improve every single summer. And Kawhi's one of those guys that he has got. There's something that he's improved on his game every year. Yeah. And it, an interesting stat I saw from him is. The only guys to play a minimum of 12 games in the playoffs and average at least 30 points, eight rebounds, shoot 50% from the field, and have a 25-plus uh, efficiency rating. Kawhi ended the, so far as a 28.5, but to have 25-plus are, here's the list of names. LeBron James has done it four times. Shaq has done it three times. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has done it twice. Wilt Chamberlain has done it once. And Kareem Abdul, or, and Kawhi Leonard has done it once now. Hmm. Pretty impressive wow. list wow. to impressive put them on. Impressive company, he, I, yep. I think we're going to – I don't think we'll get into if we think they even have a chance at the Warriors, but regardless, this run that he has made has solidified him. He might not be the best player in the NBA, but he is – there's an argument for him to be the best player in the NBA right now. And I all I could think about watching this that game was they showed Kyle Lowry, who's been with the Raptors when they couldn't beat the Cavaliers and they couldn't do – they couldn't win, they couldn't advance, and they kept going and kept going and kept going. And finally they were winning. He looked so happy and looked – just the, the looks on everyone's faces, they finally got over the hump and got to the finals. And all I could think about is, man, this has to hurt DeMar DeRozan watching this. Yeah. Because Kawhi Leonard in one year, it's like we forgot DeMar DeRozan's even was at the Raptors. And he, we talked about how that Nav Batia taught, brought up how the past five or six years have really brought together a bunch of Canadians and brought together this Raptor fan base. And a lot of that is due to DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan. That was DeRozan. Yeah. And – he got traded basically straight up. I mean, him and Pirtle for Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard has just showed there's a next step. There, there's another. There's a next level, and Kawhi Leonard's now taking him to the finals. And it's just I, I felt bad for Demar Derozan because it does have to hurt. Why he probably feels happy for some of his guys, but he has to hurt seeing this team succeed yeah. without him. Yeah. Boy, and I looked. He had played nine years in Toronto, so I think he was drafted by them. And I yeah. don't know if he was he drafted by them or yeah, he was drafted in Toronto. Okay. So he's drafted in Toronto, played nine years. One year in 16-17, he averaged 27, over 27 points a game. I mean, DeRozan was yeah. a – he's a damn good ball player. He's just not Kawhi Leonard level. He's just not. Not many are. Yeah. No. I mean, it's just – I couldn't believe I, – I just felt bad for him. And it is funny. We I, I mentioned Drake. It, I saw this tweet on uh, 
on Twitter at some point, and I think it was from it was from their at Lake Show Yo. They, it's like a Lakers Twitter, but it said LeBron went 710 straight days without losing a playoff game to the Raptors. Because if you remember, he swept them every single year. <laughs> he went 710 days straight days without losing a playoff game. Lose he leaves for a second. Now they're in the NBA Finals. The East, you got to do better. <laughs> so, but here's the question, Dad, and this is LJ's favorite thing. Well, let's go into this. Do do the Raptors do the Raptors have a chance against the Warriors in your opinion? Do they have a chance? And Kevin Durant will not play game one. By the way, we don't know when he will play again, but he will not play game one. Well, I I looked at this a little bit. You know, Toronto has the home court advantage. By the way, yeah. And that's I mean, what does big, that mean? That means they get two games and then they go to LA and then they come back. Game and play two seven. Games? If it uh, they don't do the two three two, it is two and two one it's, one it's, one now, isn't it? Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. But game Ever seven. Ever since the Heat cheated the Mavericks, they, they switched that <laughs> two, three, two. <laughs> that is about the time. You know, yes, that, that might is be about the last year of the finals playoffs that I really cared that much about, and, and I've just <laughs> shut down since then. So maybe that's the. <laughs> but I do think it's really interesting. The second seed in the East now has home court advantage over the number one seed in the West. Because they won one yeah. more game in regular season. I didn't know that it flipped like that, actually. I thought the one seed would have the home it's court advantage. It's just the best record. Whoever has the but better record. it's the record. best record. Now, yeah. also, by the way, you, you might, I'm sure you probably know this, Kevin, but Toronto won both regular season games, just for what it's worth. Just one of those games, games Steph Curry games. wasn't playing. One of those okay. games Steph Curry didn't play and Durant was playing. It went to like – it was a really great game. Went to like triple overtime and Durant scored 51 and Kawhi had like 38 or something. It was a great game. But wow. the other game, the, and then the other one's weird. They went to Golden State and everyone was healthy and the Raptors beat them by like 19. It was one of those weird games. The, the, the Warriors a had game. a couple of games where they got blown out at home and it just is very uncharacteristic. But yeah, they played them twice and beat them twice. That says something at least. Yeah. So, and then I look kind of, uh, let's go quickly on through this. Uh, the guards, who has the advantage? In my opinion, Golden State. I mean, Curry and yeah, Thompson. No, no doubt. No doubt about it. At forward, you got to give that to Toronto. I think you've got to give so. it. I think so, especially with Durant. Especially with Durant's out. Especially if Durant's out. Uh, now, having, by the way, Draymond Green and Iguodala to help defend Kawhi Leonard, that helps. That's going to yes. help a lot. Um, center, I gave that to Toronto. Uh, because of Gasol. I think Gasol is playing uh, really good now. Which I'm really happy to see Mark Gasol in the playoffs. I've loved his career. Now, if there is talk that Cousins could come back, if old Boogie comes back, that, that oh, does change that, dynam- that dynamic a little bit. So, fine, getting close to the end here, the bench, I would give that a little bit to Toronto with Ibaka yeah, uh, and Van Fleet and and uh, Powell, who I hadn't watched much, but I read yeah, a Van bit. Fleet, he must be Van Fleet. The last three games, I think he shot thir- like fourteen from seventeen from three. It, yeah. He was in a big playoff slump, and ever and he actually he credits uh, getting out of his slump to his uh, his baby being born. He had his son yeah, was born, new, and ever since kid. he hasn't missed, a, he hadn't missed a three. He was like, I, I just need to have more kids. Apparently, so uh, uh, coach. I mean, I actually, I'm going to say Nurse has really handled his first year at Toronto amazing. But I'm sorry, Kerr gets the nod at this yeah. at coach. Yeah. And then overall, I would give it to Golden State by experience, coaching, and the guards. There's there the distance between those. The the ones Toronto won, won they won by a nose. The one that Golden yeah. State won of those categories, they won by secretariat like level. So yeah, you know. By links, by links. So I, Golden State's going to win the series, and I do have. I had a little naive young man, good friend of mine, that bet me a hundred dollars that Portland or that uh, Toronto would win. And I said, "Are you serious?" And he said, "Yes." And I said, 
okay. And so we bet a hundred dollars. Well, on well it. will this naive young man make another bet? Because I could use an extra hundred dollars. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> no, I, I'm know. hoping. I'm hoping for a good series. I'm with you though. I just don't think there's Golden State's just much better. But kind of what what I think will be interesting moving past this uh, finals is one has what what the impact this this series has on Kawhi Leonard's decision because. He now the Raptors traded for him last offseason, knowing he had a year left on his contract, knowing that supposedly he wanted to go to L.A., whether it be the Lakers or Clippers. The the rumor was that he wants to go to L.A. He's from California, and Mm -hmm. they went ahead. Masai Uri went ahead and traded DeMar DeRozan, who we talked about, is a franchise player for the Raptors. They had him under contract. He's a good player, but they went ahead and decided we'll trade him and we'll get Kawhi Leonard, even if it means one year, and we'll just we'll just test it and see how it goes. Obviously, I think already. It's been a success. Yeah, it's a success. They made it to the finals for the first time ever. I think it's a success. But and I think this is what's interesting. We saw the 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 Thunder do this with Paul George, where Paul George really wanted to go to LA, but then he spent a year in Oklahoma City and ended up really liking it, and he signed a contract to stay. Now all of a sudden, Kawhi Leonard's really building some memories in Toronto. That crowd was insane. Game six, he's already hit the biggest shot they've ever in their franchise history with that buzzer beater game seven. Yeah. And the the fans just adore him. I mean, he's getting loved. I, I just think at some point it's going to get harder and harder for him to – at one point I think it was going to be, yeah, I'll stay at Toronto for a year and then I'll go to L.A. But all of a sudden, these are not just like somewhat memories. These are lifetime memories, brotherhood memories where he'll yeah. – regardless, he'll remember this forever. And I think it will make leaving a lot harder than it maybe he thought it would be six months well, ago. Well, I want to ask you this. Doesn't it, it Tell me a little bit about how the salary structure works. Has he been at Toronto long enough that he's eligible for that super max deal? Or can they pay him more than anybody else, I guess is my they question. They can pay him more than anyone else because either way they'll have bird rights so they can pay him that extra okay. year. I don't know exactly what his will be with the super max stuff since he hasn't been there the whole time. Okay. I, I didn't know how exactly that worked, but but okay. I, I just think that'll – I think this will play – I still – I don't know. This whole playoffs, I was like, yeah, he'll leave. He'll leave. Either way, he's still going to L.A., still going to L.A. But I just – I don't know. You, you you keep you keep doing this, and all of a sudden, it gets more and more. And who knows? I mean, what if they almost beat the the Warriors? They could have a shot at beating the Warriors. It, it really is funny. You mentioned revisionist history earlier. What if Zaza Pachulia doesn't stick his foot out three or four years ago, whatever it was, when the Spurs were playing the Warriors, and Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs in game one were up 20 points on the Warriors mm-hmm. – yeah. And then Leonard rolls his ankle, it doesn't return, and they lose. I mean, maybe Kawhi is a really special player, and maybe he would have beat the Warriors. Maybe he can beat the Warriors this year. And That's if he, a if good he wins point, the finals, Kevin. Yeah. Hmm. If he wins the finals, it'd be really hard to leave Toronto if you win the NBA Finals. We've never seen that, I don't think, a star leave after winning. You know, I've never been to Toronto, and I imagine in the summer it is probably a little slice of heaven Probably, um, but probably year round, L.A., Toronto. I don't think I'd have a problem making a choice there. And then a shout out to all our Toronto listeners. Um, <laughs> but I just the winter would be tough on this Southern boy. It'd be tough. I'd take it. Yeah, and that's what yeah, I, LJ I, would like it. But it'd be cool. I know just watching those games, and, and we'll see it in the finals. But that home crowd. I mean, those fans. I think all fans love their team. Whatever. But there, it seems to be something special with the. The Toronto fans. It just I, I think you could easily talk yourself into I could like I could play here. I could be a part of this and and build this for the future. And I think the Raptors jerseys are really cool. I like everything mm-hmm. about everything about the Raptors I've always kind of liked. And I've I like the old throwback, the the Vince Carter jerseys LJ was talking about with the yep. with the Regardless dinosaur thing, on the front. I mean, invisible. It's 
cool stuff. Uh, the the big winner though of all this has to be has to be Drake, right? I mean, he's going to be on shown on camera over and 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 over again, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll probably get a new album too coming up soon about him being his rappers <laughs> making the finals. Who knows? Uh, last thing on free agency, at least with these with this group, Dad. Do you think is there any chance? That Kevin Durant has played has now already played his last game in Golden State. I think there's a chance. Yeah, I really think there's a chance. And even if he does play, I do think he's gone. I just I think they're going to part ways and they're going to be somewhat amicable. But I really, the more I see how this is going, I think it may be he may have played his last game already. I, I think it could be fascinating if Golden State goes into Toronto, wins the first two games on the road, so they're up 2-0. They're now. What is it? Seven and zero since Kevin Durant's mm-hmm. been out. Yep. And now, does Kevin Durant come back? Does he? Does he let go ahead and sit and see if they win without him? Because it's almost like a lose lose situation. This is how you get Tony Romo to retire, Kevin. We've <laughs> well, seen I'm this before. Saying, the answer is put no, your good wh- players out there. What, what 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 I'm saying is, if he comes back game three, I know he's already tired of hearing the are the Warriors better without him. But if he comes back game three, and all of a sudden it gets a little stagnant, and they were to lose a game or something, I just I could see him maybe going. Y'all just go ahead and win this ring for us. I'm gonna head to New York after the after this. If Kevin Durant wants to sit, I don't want him on my team. And if the coach doesn't play him, then I don't think I want that coach either. I think that's you I'm play your you. best player. I think period. you play your best players. You put KD out there. I just think it could be fascinating if all of a sudden KD comes back and that offense <laughs> sputters again and it doesn't look as yeah. fun. The Splash Bros and everything. I, well, I, do, I don't know if he's played yeah. his last game, but I think he's gone after. I think he's he's out of town after this. I do too. And it's clear, like we said last week in that in our pod, that the the offense is different. I'm just the offense is different for Golden State with Durant in the game, and that offense is clicking and rolling. Well, last game I saw it was. Yeah, they've been, and they got a lot of rest. They've been, they've been, and, and you know maybe LJ, maybe he, if he's got it's a, they say it's a strain calf. I don't really know what that means, but. Yeah. If it's like you can return, but there's a possibility at popping that Achilles, even if it's a small pop possibility, the guy's about to go into free agency. I, I'm not saying sit out just to sit out, but if there's a reason to. We, it, but he might have load management issues for the next couple of years and he doesn't want <laughs> yeah. other teams to. Yep. He could. <laughs> so speaking of uh, free agency, I wanted to get into you guys a little bit. We're not going to really break yes. down the, the – I know LJ's <laughs> pumped about this. We're not going to break down the All NBA voting and who got first and second team as much. Uh, there's you can go find that uh, content elsewhere. I don't know if you're coming to us for all of that, but I wanted to talk about how much the All NBA voting impacts a player's either impending free agency with his current team or leaving to go to a different deal. And recently, we talked about it before, and it's the difference between max and super max. And as We've seen in recent history, guys like LeBron and Kevin Durant, the max contract, the bird right, that extra, that one fifth year for $25 million or $30 million wasn't enough to keep someone. They went ahead and signed four-year deals because the dollar amount wasn't that much different. It was just an extra year, and these guys bet it on themselves to go ahead and leave their current team. So the NBA came mm-hmm. up with a super max contract, which then allows it, it allows a contract to go basically – Instead of 30% of a team's total salary, which is a max deal, the super max is 35%. So, and I'll get into how much number mm-hmm. and how much money that ends up making. But the way a player qualifies to be a super max, not anyone can get that. You have to either have been named to an all NBA team in the most recent season before your contract runs out, or have been named to a defensive player of the year award, or been named an NBA MVP. 
So it tries to whittle it down to where the Supermax only goes to the top, top echelon talent. So teams don't overpay guys that really aren't worth it. So, for example, how it is impacting guys this offseason. Kimball Walker with the Charlotte Hornets. His contract is now up. And since he made All-NBA, I think it was third team, he now has the chance at making a, a max deal would be 500, 100, five years, $190 million from Charlotte. But since he made the max, the, the, the All-NBA, he now can get a super max, which is five years, $221 million. So uh, for him to leave and go sign with difference. the new team, he could only sign with four years, $141 million because he couldn't sign that max, super max deal with the team he would leave to go with. So if he wanted to go play in L.A. with LeBron, he would have to sign for four years, $141 million. That means he leaves $80 million on the table to leave Charlotte. So the Supermax wow. is supposed to entice him to stay. And I get that. That makes sense. And I think you kind of do want to keep stars there. But where it seems to not make a whole lot of sense to me is Clay Thompson, on the other hand, we mentioned him with the Warriors earlier. He got the other end of this deal where he was hoping his contract goes up at the end of this year. And I think whether you believe what he said and what's been said, he wants to stay with the Warriors and and he wants to make as much money as possible. Curry already got his Supermax deal. And so Clay's kind of wanting to cash in on, on, on his years there. And this year he failed to make an All-NBA team, first, second, or third, which means six guards got voted over him, which means he will not be able to make that Supermax deal. So he can sign a deal for $190 million, but he won't be able to make that five years to 20. So in essence, by not making an All-NBA team, he missed out on $30 million. So I guess my question wow. is, does that seem right? Does the NBA voters, the, the, the vote, it goes to NBA, 100 NBA writers and, and media members are the ones who vote on this. And they basically decided that he won't make $30 million. And there's a video we'll post in the show notes of Clay Thompson learning about this in real time. A reporter tells him yeah. he, and it, it's kind of tough to watch. It, it really is. I saw someone say this and it's like watching a guy lose $30 million in real time because they say, yeah. Yeah. What is what is your reaction to not making the All NBA team? And he was like, "Oh, I didn't make it." And they're like, "No, you you missed out on it. Uh, Russ and Kimba were third team over you." And he just basically said, "I've made it to five straight NBA Finals. I feel like I must be pretty good if we've made it to five straight NBA Finals." I don't know. You tell me if there's six guards better than me. Uh, it just, I don't know if I'm a writer. I don't want the responsibility of maybe a guy losing yeah. thirty million dollars on my vote. What 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 is your thought about all that, Dad? Somebody's got to vote on it. I think the only way you'd make that better is somehow make the players vote for the All stars and put it in the players' hands. But still, that could become somewhat of a popularity contest. But most elections are a popularity contest. Somebody's got to be the deciding factor. I will say this about Clay, and I mean, I think it's clear on here what I think about Clay, but he is not a guy when it gets dirty. And we might have talked about this some last week. I don't think he, he needs help to get his shot off. He, he's got to run, get clear, get a good pass, you know, off a cut. He's, he's not he can some, but he's just not a go-to guy, well, get your shot off kind of guy. Do you remember us talking about game six against the Rockets where Steph Curry couldn't make a shot to save his life? And who in, saved in the first half? In the first, in half. The first half. He did. He did. But would you agree? Would you say that? I mean, more often than not, Maybe, Clay but, needs but that's, a good pass. We also pass. don't know. We also don't know. He because hasn't been on a team where KD he hasn't has had been to do there. It. Well, that's true. That's true. I, I think there aren't six guards better than him. I hate that 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 happened because I think he deserves to get paid. I think he is part of as good a backcourt as I've ever seen, maybe arguably the best backcourt in the history of the NBA. I think that's worth discussing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I hate he didn't make that All-NBA team. He didn't get that 30 mil. But Well, and I think is. it shows – it kind of shows the epitome of how good a teammates he, he, might, he is because he was – he completely embraced Kevin Durant coming – 
and and gave up shots and gave up statistics. And that he hasn't made an NBA team since Durant got there. And it's not that Klay Thompson has gotten any worse. It's that he's realized, oh, our team can be that much better if we add an MVP. And he's allowed that. He's been selfless enough to allow that to happen, as Steph Curry has done. And I just think we we. we I feel bad for him for not making it, but uh, the interesting yeah. thing I, I, I pointed out, the part that I don't like is what we don't even really know what the criteria is for all NBA. Like if you're a voter, do you like some some voters are big on they want you to they don't they don't like load management They're like LJ. They don't want you to rest when you're healthy, mm-hmm. and they want to see you play 80 games, or maybe they want to see you score 25 points a game, or maybe they want you to be the most valuable to your team. We've already had. We get the argument every year of um, when we talk MVPs, who's better and who's more valuable. I just think it's also object, uh, subjective and in, in, in objective in these guys. These me- media members are really determining a lot of guys' salary. And then I looked at it, so it's voted on by a hundred me- different media members. Therefore, Clay could have paid all one hundred of those members. and he actually would have still came out a positive $20 on on the deal. When are we going to start getting bribery? I mean, if I'm a writer, I'm just saying at any point, if anyone's listening to this, if I ever become a voter for All-NBA, you can can buy my vote. You can buy my vote. I will just say you just lost your vote just yeah, now by yeah, saying that. Yeah, forever. The podcast. Forever. You got to be a little bit more subtle, but but, – (laughs) <laughs> well, hey, hey, but look at this. Um, look at Clay. Let me, I'm sorry, LJ. Let me say this real quick and I'll be done. Look at Clay's please. trade-off. Clay, I would definitely make 180 million and have five championships over making 230 and maybe not having any. I, you know, I know that that's not the difference we're making here, but that still makes up for about 30 million, I would say, the five championships. And he's going to make that money. He's going to make some of that up just in the Bay Area if he wants. So I, I would take that trade. I would. I know it's a lot of money, but 180 million, I might could do without 30 well, if I just had to. So, so what's fascinating to me about it is the <laughs> way the way it implicates his free agency. Because if he was avail- if he was available for that supermax, like we talked about with Kimba, for him to leave, if he wanted to leave and say go play with LeBron, or maybe mm-hmm. you know my pipe dream comes true and he comes to the Mavericks or something. If if I if that were to happen before, if he was eligible for the supermax, he would have to leave just like Kimba, eighty million dollars on the table. Now he still has to leave a fifth year or that that fifth year of fifty million dollars. So he still has to leave a lot on there. But if he bets on himself and thinks he'll get another contract after this, I, I think. It could make him more, more at least open to the thought of leaving. Where before, if we're mm. talking five years, two hundred twenty-one million, you're not going. Give anywhere. me the dotted line. Put, give me the dotted well, line. Give me the pin. Here we go. And and that makes you wonder. Now I'm curious to how many LA writers specifically vote on this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because in theory, an LA writer who wants him on the Lakers can try to play the chess game. Can try to use chaos as a ladder. Yeah. And move a, a great player to their team. By making sure that they're not going to have to put money on the table to well, get there. And that's wow. the thing is there's yeah. there's motives behind it. It Just like with that or if I got – like say someone just one day got into a – and I don't think this would happen with Clay because it seems like Clay's universally like – but say someone like Kyrie Irving got into a little spat with a writer. Is that one thing – like now if that writer doesn't like you as a person, even if he thinks you're the best point guard in the NBA, he might not vote you. And now that means you might not make that money. It just – it seems silly. Well – and so shout out to John for also doing a ton of research on this a long time ago. 
um, and we never used it in the show. But one thing he found um, that I think is interesting is like being on a good team gives you that opportunity a lot more often than than not. Ninety three percent of players who uh, who have made all NBA teams defensive player of the year or MVP uh, come from a playoff team uh, for the past like 10 or so years. And so that to me would imply that um, being on a good team is more valuable than being a good player, which is kind of interesting that it's played the opposite for uh, for Clay. But uh, I I think another thing that I I wanted to throw out a thought I had is that I don't understand why it has to be subjective. Like, why can't it be like I I, I, like, do you guys have a thought for why it needs to be voted on at all? Like, why? Why do these guys need to be all NBA players to to earn a Supermax? Mm. Well, so the reason the reason they do it is because they don't want teams they don't want dumb teams to screw themselves over by overpaying a star to stay there, which you're not That's gonna, a terrible rule. Yeah, if you want to be a dumb team, be a dumb team. I don't, I don't like well, it because because what that what happens and uh, just playing devil's advocate here, if if the the which the Wizards now did this because John Wall made a ton made an All NBA team, and so instead of letting them walk, they signed them to the supermax deal. And now it looks like his Achilles has fallen off, and who knows if we'll, if he'll play again or be at the level again. But if you're the NBA now, the Washington Wizards that franchise is in purgatory for the next five years. You might lose fandom, you might lose ticket sales, you might lose it. They they want each team to be as successful as possible. But I'm kind of with you, LJ. Let's not. I mean, we don't need to put training wheels on it. These are grown men, yeah, exactly. grown men and women who made I, a ton of money, bought I this don't team. So there's this thing in Mario Kart uh, where the <laughs> anytime yeah, we can bring a Mario Kart, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> but but your car actually drives faster if you're in eighth place than if you're in first place. It's 100 percent true. Anyone that doesn't believe that's lying to themselves. <laughs> well, it's a fact, and you also get better items. So the point of Mario Kart is to to add chaos and make sure that the race is close, no matter whether you're closely competitive or not, or at least that's the attempt. Um, but what ends up happening is the good players don't tend to have quite as much fun. And I think that's what this rule seems to be to me is, is if you're if your whole goal is to make sure that the owners that aren't smart enough to use their lightning bolt at the right time, like don't don't give them the rubber banding. Don't let them catch up, like make sure that the fans want that person out of the ownership. Role okay, and they have to give up GM responsibilities to that point, though, the Warriors were geniuses in the way they drafted and signed and structured their cap. And they got a little lucky, too. And they built an amazing team. And all we've done, or a lot of us have done, is complain the last four years about how the Warriors made themselves unbeatable. So if we let the good teams just be good. That didn't come up until KD signed with them, really, did it? I mean, we weren't hating on them until KD signed. pretty much. You're right. But that's because the NBA has these stupid medley rules where all of the the contract negotiations are based on some other factor. Like the fact that KD could even sign with them was based on some weird, stupid rules from four years ago that didn't get properly managed. Like their, their contract rules are one of the reasons that I hate these contract talks in the NBA every single year is that their contract rules are not rooted in reality. They're rooted in whatever the hell happened in the, the boardroom of an LA office like five years ago. And now we just have to deal with the consequences. Yeah. And it just feels like, uh, stupid things happen all the time, and then we complain about the stupid things, and then they overcorrect, and a different stupid thing happens. Well, and, and I just wish if if they're gonna, you know, run a, a you know, a, I I don't know. I just think it's dumb. I think it's it's dumb the way that this has to be subjective. Like, why not give a supermax supermax eligibility? Here's my rule: is a player is eligible for a supermax when they have been with a team for seven years. So that's what two contracts in any anybody's uh, say. So then. If a stupid team wants to sign somebody to a supermax after they've been there for seven years, 
then let that stupid team make a poor decision. Okay, but otherwise, but, it still encourages players to try, stay for 10 years so, on a team, which was the initial goal anyway. To play devil's advocate to you, and I don't, I kind of think, uh, just I'll lay this out for you. If you're, if you're the Hornets, Please. if you're the Hornets, and now, and I am, and, and, and Kimball Walker is now eligible for the Supermax. If you don't offer him the Supermax, he's probably going to be likely to leave because the only reason he would stay is because he wants to be paid by the team that he's helped bring to fruition, at least be, be somewhat yeah. prominent. And so if if he ha- if all these guys have that option of Supermax, now this team, Michael Jordan ownership crew, have to decide, do we let our player walk? Because he's not worth signing all this money to. Do we let him walk because he's not worth it? Or do we sign him back to at least ha- let our fans have someone to root for? And by making these guys eligible and not eligible, at least you're giving it to a guy who's an all-NBA player instead of, you know, a decent player holding us hostage and saying, I'm going to leave if you don't give me the money. But if I'm a fan of a team that is – Yeah, it -hmm. it makes sense. But I think, like, we're giving the owners an out instead of – make and the the general managers an out instead of saying, do your job well or get the hell out of this job. Like, um, everybody else has to perform, but the general managers get training wheels because the contracts are lined up in a way – that they have they they can only do this if the media votes this person good enough. Like I think that's an absurd situation where like KD doesn't get training wheels, Clay Thompson doesn't get training wheels. They have to go out there and beat the other team in front of them, but the general managers get to say, "Well, you know our hands are tied. That's the way the rules yeah. are." You know what I mean? Like Yeah, and and the mm. other sh- the other shitty thing about the the media voting for this is it could at the same way I brought up that it could make Clay more apt to leave because he's not leaving as much money on the table. It also it might be really good for the Warriors in the sense that the difference in the luxury tax they'll have to pay now if they sign them to a max instead of that super max, the way the luxury tax works in the NBA, and I know it's, this will frustrate you probably more, LJ, and I actually don't know all the details on it, oh, but God. the more okay. over a certain amount, like if you go this much over the cap, you pay this much in uh, luxury tax, but if you go X amount over that, then now it multiplies double. So basically, if he were to sign that double, that super max, not only it would have cost, it would have tripled what the Warriors pay in luxury tax. Now they have plenty of money because they're building a brand new stadium and they're basically printing money out there in, in the Bay. But yeah. someone in that front office, the ownership was like, whew, now we can, now we can sign Clay for 190 instead of 220. And we don't even have to like, and we're not doing him wrong. We can say we're trying to pay him as much as possible. You know, yeah. like they get yeah. painted as a good guys when really. So in, in the same way you talked about, you know, a little bit of conspiracy or motive, could the Warriors go, hey, actually, writers, we would like y'all not to vote him All-NBA so we can sign him for cheaper? I don't know. Absolutely. I just think when there, when all this stuff starts going around, there is some motives. I don't know if it's that crazy. I'm a conspiracy guy, so I probably always am more apt to believe in in the in the, the ulterior motives. But I just think it's silly. I'm with you. I think it's weird that media members vote determines whether a guy can pay. And now after talking with you, I'm kind of with you. Take the training wheels off. If if the Mavericks don't know what the what the hell they're doing, then get them, get whoever's running the show out of the out of the top. I mean, that's quit enabling them. Yeah. We're enabling them. That's what yeah. you know. If someone right. with dependency or whatever, don't enable them. Let their consequences. Right. Let them suffer the consequences of their actions, and they change or do something different or get fired or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Just don't yeah. don't enable uh, inadequate performance. If they're like, that's if, right. If I'm at my job and I'm not doing good, they're not going to. Put some some training wheels on me. Go here. Let's, let's let's try to make you a little easier for you. I'll just get someone yeah. who can do it better. I'd rather, yeah, because I feel like right now an NBA team is an investment uh, to own one instead of a job, and I feel like I'd like it to be more of a job. Yeah, I mean that's just my thought. Speaking of jobs, uh, a guy recently got one over the weekend, and it kind of cr- caused a little bit of a stir. Uh, the 
Art Browse, the former head coach at Baylor, oh. got yeah. hired at, and took a job as the head coach of a Texas high school football team, the Mount Vernon team. Which, interestingly Mount enough, Vernon. for for us recording here, we're from we're from old Texarkana, and we went to Pleasant Grove. And Mount <laughs> Vernon is just a short seventy eight miles from Texarkana, and played in our district yep. actually throughout our high school years. Uh, yep, and. This caught this caught some news. One, if you don't remember Art Browse, we'll get into a little bit. But he was caught up in a bit of a scandal at Baylor, where there was a lot of domestic and sexual assault going on with a lot of his athletes, and there was whether or not he so, reportedly that he knew about it and was covering them up, and was even recruiting guys who had these his, his, histories of this type of thing. And it was kind of more about mm-hmm. he put winning over over the de- decency of players and. The thing was, he got fired or he got let go of Baylor and he hasn't had a job since. And actually, recently in 2017, the CFL Hamilton Tiger Cats tried to hire Browse as an offensive assistant. <laughs> and after 12 hours of media outrage and sponsors threatening to pull their ads, they actually rescinded the offer and decided not to hire him because they, they it wasn't worth the having people were upset the, about the him getting the job. Yeah. 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 And so, in order to try to avoid that, that uh, getting in the news cycle, Mount Vernon decided decided to announce his hiring on Friday night <laughs> on the eve of Memorial Day weekend on a holiday weekend, the night of graduation for their seniors, because they didn't want people to know about. They wanted it to stay out of the news cycle because the way the world works yeah. nowadays, if the news cycle will just turn over one time, people forget about it. So they were kind of hoping yep. by Monday morning we would forget about it. And personally. I it didn't go unnoticed, not by me, by a lot. Of, it got a lot of national attention by a lot of people, and I just want to make sure yeah. it didn't go unnoticed by us, also, because personally, I was kind of disgusted by it. it I, if I was from Mount well, Vernon, I'd be upset about it, and I think we might have some differing opinions here. It's funny that you mentioned how they tried to do the dump, though, because I have never searched for Baylor on my phone. I've never searched for Art Bryles on my phone, and I've never searched for Mount Vernon on my phone. However, I got two notifications for it, so they didn't hide anything. Well, I don't think you can well. hide like, it. Tried, I don't think but, you can hide it. Yeah, they tried to hide it, and right. it's just and I, it makes them look even worse. Right, you and, can't wait till the newspaper's done printing. Yeah, a brief rundown. Well, Dad, what what were you thinking about it? I'll, I'll, well, I, I will say as a person. Uh, that I heard in interviews, I'd always liked Art Browse. I thought he was an offensive genius. He um, say what you will, he's a very good coach, very oh, smart he, football. He's, coach. he's a good, he's a good football coach. And I will say that I, I know there's a couple of facts that I, I feel like I'm confident about. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. He did uh, file a wrongful termination lawsuit against the university. The, the allegations were that he knew about some of these sexual assaults on women and, and helped keep them quiet uh, so that his players could play and that he didn't say things about people that they were recruiting or transferring that had questionable histories. And uh, the I know in he was fired in May of 16 and the independent law firm Pepper Grimes or something like Pepper that Hamilton, concluded, I think. Pepper Hamilton, they concluded that they had concerns about the tone and culture within Baylor's football program as it relates to accountability. So the only thing I'm wondering, that tied up with the fact that he did file a wrongful termination lawsuit and they settled. Yeah, he actually actually got paid $15 million for, he didn't just get fired, he got a buyout. So that tells me that he wasn't completely in the wrong. It wasn't all his fault, but there was, something went wrong. That tells you that there's other people probably involved and that they were able to get a – there's or the head of the you ship. That it's hard to prove. It's, it's, it's hard to prove anything related to sexual assault. It is. Because, I mean, that's just 
unbelievably a hard thing to prove. And a settlement usually means we didn't want to fight this out in court because we can't guarantee a victory. It, it, no and, doubt. Uh, it, it, so. it could. I want to say one other thing. Grant Taft. Do y'all remember that name? Grant Taft. Grant, Grant Taft was the coach at Baylor University for 31 years. He is a college football wow. Hall of Fame member. Okay. I think he was okay. instrumental uh, in in the hiring of Art Bryles. And and when Art Bryles got hired is kind of when Baylor athletics went nuts. And right. so it oh, wasn't yeah. yeah. was just Art Bryles. Somebody was throwing a lot of money in that deal. So I'm just – there might have yeah. been enough blame to go around. But Grant Taft, who, whose credentials are pretty damn solid, uh, said that he called Bryles always forthright and stellar. And he was very happy that he is back in coaching and coaching young men. Grant Taft, who whose opinion should count to to some degree because of the uh, of what we know about him. So I don't know. I think there's some things that happened here that I'm not completely aware of. I, I told Tammy this. We were talking. Would well, you want him to come to the Arkansas Razorbacks? If if I was the AD of the Arkansas Razorbacks, I would want to sit down with Art Bryles and look, look him right in the eye and ask him some questions and see how he answered back. But if if I could come to an agreement and understand what he was saying, I could envision where I would hire him at my at my program. But I would have to talk to him and understand thoroughly what occurred at Baylor. That that private firm, the Pepper Hamilton thing, they they also they in their what they found was they said that at least seventeen women reported being sexually assaulted by nineteen football players while under Art Bryles' watch. Now that we don't know for sure if that's on Art Browse or not, but it just it, it, that happened. That was reported, and then one of the many other lawsuits alleged that there were fifty-two acts of rape, including five gang rapes during a four-year period while Browse was coach. And those, while those numbers were never independently verified, another report lists nineteen players involved in seventeen instances. So it just there's a there's a lot that happened in. I think at some point you're. We talked about it with Rick Pitino when is at Louisville and uh, and different like paying scandals where yeah. at some point you're the head of this ship yeah. and yep. either you didn't completely you, agree with you either Kevin. you didn't yes. know because you didn't want to know or whatever but there's something going on and there's a lot of guys he recruited where you can go back and look and we can I can pull some articles up for you that do more research but there's guys that he recruited that had a history of doing had some sort of history but he would look past that because they were good athletes and then to know this stuff was going on it's just i don't know it's just it, it's it's tough to me to to see him hired if i was a parent at mount vernon i would be a little nervous i mean i could see the Fair i enough. can see the allure yeah. i can see like your son's going to now be coached by one of the best offensive minds i think in football i mean he's he brought Baylor from nothing and brought brought him to prominence they were in the national spotlight so he's a great coach yeah but they they had the the Mount Vernon officials said in a statement, we believe that he will be able to use his life experiences to teach our young people how to deal with hardships, grow through adversity, and develop strong character. Art Bryles himself even said during the news release, "You'll make no bigger impact on this world than what than when you shape the lives of young people." Art Bryles, through his decision, has put a lot of people, a lot of young women, through hardships and adversity, and shaped yeah. a lot of lives in a negative way. And I yeah. just think now we're putting them right back above young people. I just, it, I, I have my doubts. But even younger people with less power, a uh, high school girl is a lot uh, less brave than a college girl. And um, I don't know that there's, there's a deeper conversation to be had about when can you get forgiveness? What can you get forgiveness for? Um, when can things like this blow over? Can things like this blow over? Um, how do you write the ship? Um, who, 
I was reading about this basketball player. I can't remember who, uh, but was talking about the reason he didn't believe he was in the Hall of Fame was because of some uh, anti-gay uh, stuff that he said in around 2005 or something like that. And uh, and he recognized that he said some awful stuff and uh, and wishes he could take it back and has done everything he could to take it back. But that's why he believes he's not in the NBA Hall of Fame. And I think that there's like an interesting conversation to be had about that. I don't know that we're wise enough to come up with the answer, the three of us, although I think we're pretty wise. But uh, it, it it is like a it. I agree that I feel like this is a bad hire, but I don't know if what Art Bryles could do to make me believe it was a good hire. Like, I don't know that he could do anything to make me trust him ever again. And I don't know that that's necessarily a good human yeah. quality to have in myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes I sense? agree. Yeah, it does. And and I think you're both of what you're saying is are very valid. I, I mean, I, I, I can see people feeling like that. And I'm probably more than trying to argue the other side. I'm just still a little open because I don't feel like I understand well, exactly someone, what happened at Baylor. And so remember really the Baylor basketball team. Oh yeah. With, there was some, there was some shit going on with them. So it wasn't just browsing football. I think Baylor, I just think money was, yeah. I think there was some, there was yeah. some bad stuff going on at Baylor for a little while. Uh, period. You're probably right. I mean, you're probably right. And so, the same honestly, way you mentioned but, Taft, uh, a guy that I really respect and I think is a, a good – everything I've seen him seems like a good role model, and that's RG3, who is the quarterback at Baylor during mm-hmm. Browse's time. And he's been adamant that he wanted Browse to get a job, and he's happy Browse got a job, and Browse is influential in his life. And he says nothing but great things about him. So I do think at some point you do have to weigh this. I just think there's no way Browse is innocent in all this. And I just – I don't mind him having a job. I hope I'm, – I'm all for him getting work. I just don't know if – he should be working over it, shaping the lives of young men and women. I just don't know if that's necessarily the right word. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a tougher question or a tougher answer than a question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've got a personal history with Mount Vernon that I I flip off Mount Vernon every single time that I drive through <laughs> it and have for like like uh you know i guess probably about 15 years uh because uh for you know we did competitive theater in texas which is like one of the dumbest things <laughs> that's like ever existed in concept and in practice however i i found that like it really did give me a lot of drive to think of like my art is like also a competition and a skill and stuff like that so um, there's some good and some bad but like one thing that really pissed me off is we were in district uh doing our theater competition and we got beat out by Mount Vernon, who did what I thought was a really BS show. It was a show about people having cancer and everybody was sad the whole time and they cried. And we did Thoroughly Modern Millie, which had all the glitz and glamour and it was fun and funny and exciting. Mm-hmm. So I was pissed at Mount Vernon for taking a spot at regionals. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, so finding out any news about Mount Vernon is always something that I like go in with like a, a little bit of caution because I'm, I just want bad things to happen to them. And I'm sure they're great people. I remember the show now and thinking it was probably a really good show <laughs> and I just didn't have the context to understand it yet. But by God, when LJ goes so, through Mount Vernon, a bird gets flipped. <laughs> they are mighty. getting the bird from sign to sign. <laughs> well, LJ, well, if you're... It's on the interstate and doesn't take long. So. <laughs> yeah, it's just, no, it's, it's Mount Vernon. We're not talking about Dallas here. <laughs> no, yeah, we're not, exactly, exactly. Well, LJ, I don't know if they will if they will have any tickets to Mount Vernon, so maybe you won't even have to worry about it. But if you're wanting to go to a game other than a Mount Vernon game or any kind of event, or if you want yeah. to go see a band, play some music, whatever you want to go do, let me tell you about our, our partners over here at SeatGeek. They, they hooking all the JPP listeners up over here. And the way SeatGeek works is you get on there, you look for your event, and they really take the hassle out of it for you. 
they let you get they put on there like they they go through the whole internet and they put the prices on there and they put they, they put the prices with where you're actually sitting and they give you a red dot if that's a bad deal if you're paying too much or, or a yellow dot if it's an all right deal or a green dot if you're getting a steal like you know front front row seats to a Mount Vernon game or something that you'll probably <laughs> you'll get that green dot but they make it really easy they're real they're real uh good to use and they just take the hassle out of it and right now if you go on the seatgeek.com and put in the promo code ACAA you can get 20 bucks off okay. your first purchase so you can go catch the the marching band for Mount Vernon I don't know if they're on there or not but you can get 20 bucks off <laughs> your first purchase at SeatGeek just put in the promo code ACAA life's an event we have the tickets over at SeatGeek so you know, and beers might be cheaper at a Mount Vernon game because you got to buy them under the stands from one of the football players that's injured this yeah, week. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> they might be cheaper because you're buying them on the black market if you're getting them at a, at a high school football game. Or you're, you, you might could get like six or so rounds uh, on this one. So, <laughs> This is a, a – we talked basketball earlier, and this question got brought up on, on Twitter. So – so we've done Colossians before, and this isn't going to quite be a Colossian, but it's kind of, we've been talking a bunch of NBA okay. finals, and this is kind of NBA related. And a guy named Varun Shetty, he goes by at Varun, it's V-A-R-U-N. He tweeted this out a question and started getting a bunch okay. of play. And I just want to ask you guys, all right, LJ, I'll go with you first. You get 10 shots to make okay. one NBA three-pointer. Oh, God. NBA three-pointer <laughs> Okay. If you make one, you get a billion okay. dollars. However, if you don't make any, you go to a maximum security prison for one year. Do you take the 10 shots? Oh, wow. Um, I might have to talk <laughs> to my financial advisor, but I I do think that the answer for me very specifically is I do not touch a basketball <laughs> with those stakes on the line. I think that's just got to be the right answer for me. Pops. Mm. God, it's hard to turn down, though. You know, I. I really think I could make one out of 10. Like I really so. do. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think I could make one out of 10. Now, now I haven't played a lot of basketball lately. I, I would want a little bit of time, a little bit of practice, but I would surely know this was coming oh, no, up, no, no. right? Or is this just... No, no, no. You get handed a basketball, say a million dollars. If I'm walking down, it's like right now, it's like right now, we're in a gym and I hand you the basketball. Would, right now, would you take the basketball and take 10 shots? Right now, one year in a maximum security prison? No, I probably one I year. wouldn't. I don't know, though. No, bad things happen <laughs> surely, in there. You, surely yeah, you can hit yeah. one three, though. One, just one wide so, open. Kevin, the other day I went out there. I used to, I could hit a free throw. You know how you always shoot? You shoot for teams uh-huh. or whatever. I can hit a free throw, right? I got yeah. out there. I've got a line painted on my driveway. You've been on my driveway. Yeah. You see it. <laughs> and I shot free throws. I shot 10. I warmed up, probably shot about five, whatever. And then I shot 10. I shot 30%. I shot 30%. Three out of 10. I mean, I don't play basketball anymore. So, I mean, I you know, there's a little bit of muscle memory and, and form you need to have. I, I don't know if I'd give up a year in a maximum security prison where they might call me Boopsy or something. I well, mean, and that's also the question. Once you get into the maximum security prison, do they get to know why you're in? Like, Do they know you're in because you just get like a, a three? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you got to come up with a good story. I think when you there's walk no the way I'm not. I, I don't know if I'd hit it. I like to. I like to think I could hit. Give me ten shots. I could make one of them and then go to prison for one year if I didn't. I don't know for a billion. A billion dollars. A billion's a lot of money. So you know, it's funny. I feel like I'm doing it. Like part of this, I don't know whether 
I don't know whether Kevin's uh, feeling froggish because he thinks he's better at basketball than we think we are, or if it's because he has no responsibilities and nobody he has to answer to. <laughs> Both. Like if I made that decision, it was wrong. Both. I'm, my life is not going to go well afterwards. You know, like I don't get to just like reset in a year. But here's uh, the only thing. Well, not. Well, go ahead. Kevin, LJ, uh, you may remember, Kevin had a little bit of an outside shot back in the day. Thank God, because he he (laughs) was taller than shit, so he had to shoot from outside. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you've grown a little little since then. I mean, up and not out. You were... You were the round mound of the three-point shot at that point, I think. So um, the question I have on this, though, Dad, is say you decide you want to do it. What happens? Yeah. You miss the first five three-pointers. All of a sudden, you're 0 for 5, and you got five left. Like The pressure, you're going to start feeling. Then you go 0 for, 0 for 7, 0 for 8. Oh, my God. I, no, I think I, would crumble. Gotta, I might would crumble. You just got to keep know. throwing me that ball back. Yep. Throw me the ball back. Let me make that. Take that shot. You, take that shot. You take just got to in your head have times. made every single one of them. Like you just can't let yourself know that you missed it. You know, you just got to <laughs> block that out. Keep shooting. You just got to keep firing them. Yep. So, Kevin, where where are you going to shoot from? Oh, good question. Now, where are you going to take where? Yeah. Where on the three point line are you going to shoot from? That's a well, great question. You know, Top, side. Corner? The corner the corner three is always, you know, the, the good shot. But I think I would probably shoot on not straight ahead. I don't like the straight ahead three. Probably on the wing a little bit over on the right wing. That's I want as much backboard as I can get my my perspective on. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, LJ is like, rest in peace. LJ is like Philip Seymour Hoffman, just right dance. And he's just hoping yep. he can get one off the glass. Yep. yep. Hey, that's that's actually pretty smart of 032, though. You know, that that does give you an an advantage mm-hmm. dead on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would be I would be like you, LJ, top of the key or the wing. I, and I would take the left wing. I would actually, I think, take the left wing is probably where I would shoot from. I like but, but, but you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. No, I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but I don't think I would. I don't know. And LJ, you're no for sure. No. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. I'm yes. Y'all are going to have to find a third third person for a year when I'm in maximum security prison because I can't make an NBA three, but I'm, I'm taking the or, shot or we, or we quit our jobs. Yeah. Podcast yeah, is yeah, we quit. Yeah, <laughs> true. We'd be Kevin's helpers for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Rest of our lives. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you need, Mr. Kevin, you need some more pop. What is that? Pizza rolls. You need some more pizza rolls. I need, or I need a plate of pizza rolls and some beer. If you could just grab that over. Uh, I would happily. I'll be right back. Right back with speaking, it. Speaking of beer, what I, I also saw this going around on Twitter. A bunch of people were weighing in on this one. And I just I, I couldn't. I was in my head thinking about it all day on Saturday. Yeah. yeah maybe this says something about me. I don't know. But um, <laughs> what what is the best beer? LJ, oh, I know you thought a, about it. And just just an example question. for anyone out there, you know, not necessarily a, a, a brand of beer, like not a not I know I know uh Pops if he's out there at the river with the Flanagans, it's a Miller Light. But uh, if it just what is the best beer as far as is it a beer on the lake? Is it a beer on the river? Is it a beer after mowing? So LJ, I'll just uh, throw dude, over to you. You know, best I totally beer. misunderstood your question. I was thinking, what's the beer best beer on the lake? And also, what's the best beer after mowing? Like I had like different answers oh, for oh, those. Oh wow. Oh wow. <laughs> lay it on. Huh. Well, I mean, do tell. I'd like to hear. Well, what is it? Well, no, no, no. Let me try to answer the question first and we might can come back to that. Um I think the best beer is probably a shower beer after a hard day's work. I think that's the answer. A good shower. A shower beer is good. Yeah. Yeah. Not much like a shower now, beer. Now, explain. A sh- I mean, are you having a beer in the shower? Absolutely. Or right you're, after you're, your getting shower? Ready to, you're getting ready to go take a shower. You take a beer with you to the shower. 
and you pop it open yep. and you get it and you kind of put it on the side or something where you can just take a drink mm-hmm. while you're showering. Or yep. something about mm-hmm. when that hot water's on you, that cold beer. Oh, yep. and I think, though, a little bit, LJ, about a shower beer to me. See, you mentioned it after a hard day's work. I think the shower beer is more nostalgic to me because it's like when I had shower beers, it would be, all right, it's 9 o'clock, Friday night. We're getting ready to go out. Let me go get my shower on. And that first beer is like, here we go. This is gonna, We're getting ready for a fun <laughs> night. And right. so every shower beer kind of makes you – it's like that clean slate. And now I'm cleaning my body, and I'm getting that first beer, first beer of a good night here. <laughs> we're getting ready. Your so shower mistakes don't count anymore. Yep. So, but mm. uh, LJ, did you have more? I mean, it sounds like you have a brand for each different event that you're doing. Well, no. Well, so like, uh, like my general beer um, is probably like an old standard, like an old style, some like pretty generic American beer, a, a light beer, something like that. I don't know. Um, but like my beer with friends is like an IPA usually. And then like a beer at the river is usually like some sort of Mexican beer. Like I just had this one called Cuscania that I really liked, but like some sort of like golden looking Mexican beers, like the water sports beer. And that's kind of where I went with it. Um, hmm. but like after, after so, mowing a lawn, you don't want an IPA in my opinion. You want some like, you want a, you know, a, a Miller or, uh, PBR or something like that. That's 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 there, the direction there, I took your question. There is something about that. You know, you just got done working. You you feel like you accomplished something. You got the yard mode or whatever, weedy mm-hmm. to the edge, whatever. And then you go over to the garage to the beer gerator and you the get just a cold beer. There, yep. that that's a good one. That is a good one. That what 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 say you? I want I want to hear some input from you because you got some experience on on me and L. Yeah. Uh, out of all the ones, the suggestions that you passed out, I'll take a beer on the water. I like a beer at the lake, a beer on the river, in the sunshine, and I just it just goes down good. I know I know. One time I was out in my boat riding around, and it was over the whole day. But we got back, and Tammy was helping me throw the empties away. And when we got to double digits, and I had been the only <laughs> one in the boat, it was like, whoa, wow. <laughs> Those beers were tasting good out on the water. But now, and some people probably would look, I mean, I was fine. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, but because you, you drink them over the course of the day, yeah. still probably not and good. Sweat and I was not good. I wasn't drunk. And, and, I mean, I really don't think I was, but I mean, we did drink You're more than, the or there was, way. it was double digits. So, so beer on the water is, is, beer is on my a beach favorite. Too. Beer, I mean, yeah. Beer on a beach. Can we Just narrow, beer around, around water. Pops, can we beer narrow this? Water. I, I would love to narrow this. Is So let me throw out a couple options. Right. Rock bar. Okay. Fishing, floating in an inner tube, which is better, which is a better beer. Ooh. Oh, do I have to pick? Yes, you do. <laughs> Those are all really oh, good. Oh, yes. Uh, Just yes. Is my <laughs> yes. My answer is yes. If you say, I think probably, uh, I think I'd probably go rock bar. I'd probably go rock okay. bar. Rock bar beer is is it's hard pretty to be. damn it's good. Hard to be. A pool beer is pretty good, too. A, a day out on the pool, I, I think I'd rather yeah. be out at the lake or something. But And I don't think you can fish without drinking beer, right? You, I mean, you just literally no, can't I'm pretty fish. sure there's police for that, right? That's what the yeah, that's, license That's what a game for. warden's for, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, you have to be discreet about it. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. What about, though, I saw this one getting thrown around, uh, like a, a, a like a game beer. When you're at a game, I don't know they're expensive, but like at a baseball game or at a at a football game or something like that beer while you're out there. Is that I, is that up there no. at all to you? That's like a that no. that's a mid-tier beer. It's I'd much rather have a fridge beer than a game beer. What about so this one is one that uh dad I'm, we're going to have to get your intake in on cuz I don't think me and LJ have experienced these beers. One is the a, a beer after after or during snow skiing so like a good day of skiing out on the out on the mountains 
Mm-hmm. Is a beer. Yeah. I, I could see a beer being really good then. That sounds like oh, a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's really good because when you're snow skiing, you can even just put one in your pocket and it stays cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's winter beer is pretty good because you just stick that 30 pack in the just back of your cup. Nice chest, nothing, man. It's good. It's good. Right, but then, let me let me address let me address oh, the game beer real quick. Okay. I, I I'm not into a game beer because one, you got to crawl out and over all those people yeah. and crawl back in with a full beer that costs you at least $10. Yep. And then you're going to have to crawl over them again to go take a leak. Yep. I'm just, yep. I just probably. Now you, I can, would, you can save on that beer if you, if you buy your tickets from SeatGeek and put in the promo code ACAA, you know, 20 yeah. bucks off. Well, but, true that. Or you could get double the I would hot like those instead. two better. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. all right, dad, and then here's one. This one might, I, I, I'm interested to see your, your intake on this. So what about, it's like, it's noon, hot day. You're at like the some some sort. I don't know if it's an amusement park, but you're somewhere where you got a bunch of the young kids with you. You got all the young kiddos, and we're young. You're you're having to keep up with us. You and mom are like we're just being little asses, and we we want you to carry us and blah blah blah. And now you get a little break, and you get a check a second to just get a tall cold beer, maybe with lunch after you've been dealing with us all morning. That's I feel right. like that's got to be a pretty good beer. Yeah, that might be my second one of the <laughs> yeah, day yeah. because hey. I'm gonna take the edge off a little bit. I need to. I need to. You know, yeah, there's a bloody Mary when he started off. the day. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was gonna have all you kids all day. You think I'm taking a shot in the morning? What are you talking about? <laughs> but okay. here, but here's the answer though. Here's the answer. The best beer I have. Okay. okay. Number two is free beer. Free beer is number yeah, two. Absolutely. I mean, it's on the list. And number sure. number one is the next beer. The next beer is always the best beer. It's always the best beer. <laughs> Yeah, that next fair. one's always great. <laughs> that last beer is pretty good too. Or someone, you know, I heard a or good, someone else's beer. I was going to say I heard a good phrase. Y'all, y'all remember Mister Bob, Bobby's dad? Yeah, yeah. he would. Uh, you know, at the pecan farm, we were out there one day or something. He said, "Lifford, you're a good boy. I'd let you drink my next to last beer." Oh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> a that's, a a that's a hell of a compliment. That's a hell of a compliment. Yeah, but I'd gi- I'd give you my next to last yep. beer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, something that goes real well with when when you're out at the river, listen, or when when Dad's out at the on the boat listening to or drinking some beer, he's probably listening to music. And I know you spent uh, a weekend out doing some Memorial Day festivities. Did anything good? Were you were you listening to anything good this weekend? Oh, I was listening to some great stuff. Of course, you know. Can you whittle it, it down all kind to of us? Blends together. Well, uh, the last thing we listened to, but it was back up on the porch. So the first off, little ACDC back in black. Okay. We just listened to some of that, right. and that's. That's good stuff on the water. Just turn it up a little bit. And yeah. I don't know. It was a great, great tune. And then Tammy has really been into Post Malone. And I actually, I yeah. do like Post Malone. Yeah. Congratulations. And so I, that was probably kind of the song of the weekend. She just really loves that song. Yeah. And uh, so Post Malone, congratulations. Yeah. And ACDC. Same <laughs> thing, basically. This week. I, I can get, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. I can get behind all that. Uh my what we're listening to this week, it's actually I was watch I started by watching and then I've kind of listened to some more recently and rest in peace to Avicii, but I watched the documentary on Netflix. It's like true stories of Avicii and it talks about his life and his rise to fame and kind of how when he was a DJ, it, it, when he first started, it wasn't really DJs that were stars. And it just kind of the way it went about and how really he was a yeah. shy guy and didn't want to be the big star that he was. And it kind of overwhelmed him and he worked himself maybe to death a little bit. It, it, 
It's it's a really really one. The dude is so talented. I don't think I realized yeah. how talented he was. Just yeah, because you think of it as someone who's just building stuff on the computer, but the way he can see music as a full picture, like when he when he hears one thing, he can hear a vocal. So he tells this guy, "This is how I need you to do it." And then that guy gets in there, and he just one Avicii is just genius. And then the music he made, I I was listening to it all this past the past two days, and it's really good music. So yeah, that's who's been on my. And if you have time. The documentary on Netflix is about an hour and a half. It's really good. True stories of Avicii. Worth your time. Yeah, fair enough. LJ, what do you? I you, I feel like the way you were talking before we got on the rec- we started recording, you had something interesting for what we're listening to this week. Well, okay, so I've been listening to the Verve's Bittersweet Symphony, which you guys okay. all know. Um, it's a great mm-hmm. song, and I think that if you've ever enjoyed this song, you should give it a few listens this weekend too, because. Um, the Rolling Stones have owned 100% of the rights to that song up until one month ago. We found out just a couple days ago from Richard Ashcroft, the lead man from The Verve, when he won an award, he announced that he finally had the rights to that song for the first time ever, meaning that if you watch the music video on YouTube, he actually gets paid. And if you listen to it on Spotify, he actually gets paid for the first time for one of the greatest songs, I think, in the last 20 years. So... Um, I think it's just a really cool story that he finally got the rights back from the Stones. Uh, to how did the Stones get the right, LJ? What was up so, with that? I I feel like we might have talked about this song in particular in Hannah's free samples game early, early, early in the podcast. I but, know we did. I know we've talked about it before. So that string bit in that song, uh, is from a cover of a Rolling Stones song that an orchestra did for a Rolling Stones album. And so they went to the Rolling Stones and said, hey, can we use this for a song? We've got this really great song that we want to use the song for. Um, And they said, "Okay, you can have 50 percent of the rights if you use only four notes from the song. And they were like, deal. Sounds great. Deal. And they ended up using if you can if you can imagine the string part in that song, they ended up using quite a bit more than four notes. And so when the Stones heard it for the first time, they said, we're taking all the money. We get 100 percent of the rights. You you uh, violated our contract. And so now. You can either pull this song from the radio or you can give up all the money from it. So the Verve putting out the biggest song of their entire careers ever in the history of their careers and maybe one of the biggest songs in all of the 1990s. They're not going to pull that off. That's like all of their future, right? If if nobody's hearing this song, this great song by them, people are going to concerts and stuff like that. So they ended up having to keep playing the song. And every time you heard it, uh, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger got another buck, which not to say that they didn't deserve it. It's it's kind of a dicey situation. They did use more than they said they would, but it is nice to know yeah. that the geniuses behind that song are finally getting paid for it. And so yeah, I think so it's, it's a good really time. Cool it's a good time to play it. If you if you hadn't heard it in a while, it's just it'd be a good time to fire yeah. it up, huh? Agreed. Agreed. It's a good song. Yeah, that's really cool. That's that's neat. I, I had no idea. Yeah, that. it's very interesting. Yeah, you know, LJ always going to come out with something. You never you never know what he's going to pull. <laughs> You never some, know. Some ridiculousness. All right. Before we head out, I got to get a prediction. So the Stanley Cup finals is going right. on and the NBA finals are going All on. Right. We'll start with Stanley Cup. We got the Blue, St. Louis Blues playing the Boston Bruins because poor Boston fans. It's been a while. It's been like a couple months. I know. Since they've had I a, hate a that they haven't had title, a parade. So, so yeah, it's um, been, they need a reason <laughs> to throw a parade. So I, I'll toss to you. Up. We'll go NHL first. And let me get my pen out so I can write down what, what we say here. But Bruins, Blues, LJ, what you got? Who wins and how many games? So uh, St. Louis is a bit of a rival to Chicago in basically every sport that they both play in. Um, And so part of me hates the Blues and they also knocked out the the stars. So another part of me 
hates the blues. However, but Boston however, is the worst. I don't. The Red Sox need to never win another game. The Patriots need to never win another game. And the Bruins need to never win another game. And I'd be a pretty happy camper about that. Plus, I do think um, this is like a serious like Canadians must be overjoyed right now because the Raptors have made the playoffs and the St. Louis Blues is one of the most Canadian teams in the NHL. They've got 19 Canadians and four Americans, oh. as opposed to the Bruins, who have 14 Americans and whatever, seven, uh, whatever the number is, uh, Canadians. So they are pretty well, not by team, but by people. They're pretty well represented in the Stanley Cup final. And then by team, they're represented in the NBA finals. So I'm going with an all Canadian championship this coming, uh, these finals. And I'm going with the Blues and the Raptors. That's what I'm doing. Blues and how many games? Or do we want to go games or just go Blues Raptors? Well, seeing as how it's tied right now, nothing's going to be spoiled for me. I, I do think the uh, we'll, we'll just call it six games just to put a number by it. But I have no idea. And then for the NBA, I'll take it seven. All right. I hope I hope you're right that the finals go seven. Um, yeah, I do too. Pops, what, what do you got? Blue or you got uh, hockey and then we'll go NBA. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go hockey. So I'm going to take I'm going to take St. Louis. Uh, All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take St. Louis. Don't have a lot of reasons behind it, but I'm going to take St. Louis. And I want to take what I think is the obvious choice in the NBA, so Golden State. I think Golden State's going to win it. I think they're going to win it in. I think that Toronto's going to get a couple of games. So I have to make it a prediction. St. Louis in six. I'll go with the same thing LJ did. And I'm going to say Golden State in six. All right, Golden six. six. Okay. Six is that's a little more than a gentleman's sweep. That's a, that's a series. <laughs> it's a series. Uh for hockey, I'm going to go with – I would normally, kind of like LJ said, uh, the, they're not a rival to my team as much, but they did knock out the Stars. And if I have a team in hockey, it would be the Stars. So I kind of was a little salty with the Blues. But mm-hmm. also, as LJ lamented, I don't need to see any more Boston teams win any more <laughs> championships. I'll be fine if they don't win anymore. So I'm rooting for the Blues. But for another reason, it's the first time they've ever made the finals, the Stanley Cup finals. So that's cool and for their fans and stuff. And also, I saw – the St. Louis Blues team surprised all their employees by sending them all to Boston for the first game. Whoa, that's cool. For free. And get this, the Blues sold out their arena for game one, and game one is in Boston. So the wow. fans <laughs> packed out the arena. Oh, that's amazing. There's a, there's a video, I'll put it on our show notes, of them going crazy after the first goal. I saw it like wow. right as we were getting ready to start recording. That's so something that, else. So those fans, cool. those fans are cool. It looks like a cool uh, organization, and they've never been to the finals. Let's go. We're going to go Blues and four. I'm, I'm, we're going to sweep Whoa. them. Blues and four. Hey, they've been wow. killing at these playoffs, so that's possible. Blues and four, and then, yeah, there's not much. You don't need much uh, analysis from me. Uh, Warriors are just really good. Warriors and five. <laughs> <I> mean, <that's, laughs> just really good. <laughs> they're just really good. It's kind of like LJ when he takes his notes. It's just the yep. best team's going to win. Uh, yep. But, L- Dad, I wanted to – I thought you might find this interesting. Did you know, and LJ, you'll find this too, Danny Green, who is now playing for the Raptors, he was part of that Kawhi Leonard trade, he helped extend mm-hmm. the mind-blowing Shaq final streak, which is in 36 straight NBA finals, in the last 36 NBA finals, they've included at least one player who has played with Shaquille O'Neal. Whoa. <laughs> really? Whoa. The streak goes all the way back. The last year that a finals was played without Shaquille O'Neal was the 82-83 when the 76ers played uh, with Julius Irving and Moses Malone. 
What? And the streak Neither started, have ever played with Shaq. The okay. streak started the following year when the Celtics beat the Lakers in the finals. Greg Kite, who later played with Shaq for two years in Orlando, was on uh, Boston's team. So, and Byron Scott, who was a Los Angeles Laker, played one season with Shaq after his move to the Lakers. But so, so what? What year did you say was the the first year? Say it again. Eighty the eighty three eighty four year would have been the first year. And then let and me ever see. Ever since, ever since he and he he did play for I think six NBA teams. But ever but since, at least one player he, that's played with him. He started playing in the NBA in 92. So this streak <laughs> has been alive from 10 years before he started playing to yep. what are we at? Eight years after he played. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, wow. And a lot of times for a while it was being carried there by LeBron because he played with LeBron. And so LeBron true, had made true. whatever it was like a straight finals. And this year it looked like it was going to break. But nope. Danny Green <laughs> was drafted by Cleveland when Shaq was on Cleveland. So wow. the streak That's lives on for one more year at least. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Very cool. Wow. All right. That'll do it for another week of the Just Press Play pod. We appreciate you joining in with us. If you have any thoughts or want to share anything with us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter on our or on our website at justpresspodpod.com. Leave us a comment. We'll put some show notes in there. We'll let you. We'll have some good ones for this week. And uh, make sure if you're going to any games, uh, check on SeatGeek and put in the promo code ACC. ACAA. ACAA. Yeah. Just put yeah. In the promo. You can try the other one, but I don't think it works. If you want to make sure to get the twenty dollars, put in the promo code ACAA and get twenty bucks off your first ticket. Uh, well, you got, you guys got to. If you've got a bookie, bet against the Blues because we were unanimous. I'm just throwing that yeah. out there. Well, we. The oh blues. no, I was about to say we're unanimous both but no we got lj with raptors and seven so yep. never mind yeah just bet against the blues hit my book yet put in the promo code jpp and you'll get 50 50 off and get an extra on your deposit so uh, and bet bet definitely bruins because we're all wrong <laughs> it's been decided it is known that's right we ko'd them <laughs> all right that'll do it for another week guys i will catch you on the flip side catch you on the flippity flip <laughs> zippity zip peace <laughs> I don't know if I, I feel like I remember. Like the, maybe the diggiest dog. The diggiest dog. Yeah. The, there was the, the diggiest. He was the diggiest dog. I thought it was the digging. Yes. Am I wrong? I don't think there was an end. Not the diggiest. It was like the diggiest. The diggiest dog. D I G G I E S T. The diggiest dog. This is important not to look up right this second, I think. I'll put a bug on it. Okay. You want to? Yeah, I'll put a shot in my lower. We'll put a shot in my lower. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, here, let me uh, let me do a little screen share for you real quick. Uh-oh. Sounds like he's oh, right. Sounds like he's right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't do that if I was right. Uh-oh. No, he would not. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know how to. So since I lost, I have to take the shot. I think so. Right. Yeah. Do you still have Tony's Malort? Do actually yes, I do. Well, you might you might have to when you give it to him. I'm surprised that hasn't got drunk yet. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not sure if I've seen Tony. And the diggy, I don't. I still don't know if I believe that. That's the that is the, the image. Are you like are you Berenstein Bearsing over here? Is that what's happening? The Mandela effect. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know I the don't Mandela effect? Oh my god. Okay, sure. that might be a topic for we'll see if, if we have time for it this week. Alright, it is the diggingest. It's the diggingest dog. Gosh dang it. Right. I think they changed it. I think they changed it since back in the day. Okay. I don't think they did. We're gonna have to talk about the Mandela effect. So spell Bernstein Bears. Like you know the Bernstein Bears? Uh B E.
E-R-E-N-S-T-I-E-N. Berenstein. It's actually, you're, you're exactly right, except it's S-T-A-I-N. The Berenstain Bears. Okay. So, so it's not exactly right. So I'm exactly right, except I misspelled it. <laughs> what did you say? Okay. But, um, but like, can you see that written? Like, I feel like I could see it written as Berenstain Bears with an E-I-N. I mean, yeah, yes. me too. I feel like I can see it in my head. Clear as day. Except if you look it up, and even if you go and pull, I'm sure there's somewhere we've got some Berenstain Bears books that you could pull out, and they definitely have an A-I-N. And so some people, the smart people, believe that we just probably assumed that it was a common, you know, last name spelling for the end of their name. Um, but some people assume that the, we are in an alternate universe where they have messed up one of the details. And so they have gone back and changed a lot of things. And what they missed was uh, renaming the Berenstein Bears to, to what it was in our universe, which is called the Mandela Effect. Because a lot of people believe that uh, Mandela died in prison in South Africa uh, during apartheid. And uh, there's all sorts of issues of people, like a mass group of people believing that something was exactly this way. They remember it very vividly from their childhood. And it turns out that it, it must have been another way. Such as, uh, uh, I think it's Sinbad being in a movie called Shazam instead of Shaq being in a movie called Kazam. Or maybe it's the other way around. But let me look it up. Mm. Well, it's like Dr. Seuss, the diggiest dog. I'm telling you, they're changing it all the time. Yeah, and so that's the thing. Yeah, so, so you're, you're uh, um, I can see it. I can almost see it. Yeah, the title of that Dr. Seuss book, The Diggiest Dog. And yeah, you clearly just showed me that the alternate universe has come in and changed it to now the diggiest dog. Right. Somehow, somehow everybody else is wrong and you're right. And I'm right. Yeah, and that's with the, the Baron Stain Bears. Like, why didn't we call it the Baron Stain Bears? Like, that's always the, the argument. Is like, if we would have known it, if it would have been spelled that way, we would have said it that way. And uh, so, yeah, we're in an alternate universe where, for some reason, they decided to mess up the spellings of things. So. Well, we, and we talked about before on the pod that uh, as we, as Dad brought up, our memory's not always the best. You know, things that we are absolutely certain to be true. true. Yeah. True. What, 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 what pod was that? Was that in the Free Brian Williams one? Free Brian Williams yeah. by who? Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> season four. Season four of Revisionist History is coming out in June, by the way. Oh, boy. Ah, we have a whole set of topics to talk about. <laughs> I know. All good to do so. <laughs> so you're telling me, LJ, it's just whenever I'm wrong, though, whenever I'm, I think I'm right, but I'm wrong, I can just claim that the, the Mandela effect and that yeah, everyone right. else is actually wrong. But I think that, the, that sounds the, about how I usually go about the, my life. The thing is, you've got to vividly be able to picture the fact that you were right, and then usually it helps to be able to find two or three people that agree with you. And then, yeah, Mandela Effect, that's all you got to say, and everybody can be like, oh, uh, so that's so, usually, yeah. I'm, usually I'm on the limb by myself. I can't always find uh, people to agree with my So my then, takes, then you just call that wrong. That's, that's all you get. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I get a dollar, I think, is that? Yeah, oh, that's the Lord shot. Yeah, I have to take the shot yeah. shot of my Lord. Because no, you, yeah, I